The guy's constantly making stupid freaking noises all the time in the background. It's you're hearing things no, now, it's mate. It's frustrating. You're hearing things. Every I time. didn't say a single word. Hello and welcome to the Wireless Podcast, where the beer flows fast, free, and frictionless. Today, frictionless. we're talking about sheep, <laughs> angels, and sheep. exams. <laughs> Alan. I'm your host, Dan Jones. I'm joined by Ryan Dodds, Christian Roberts, and murdering Tom Jones on the karaoke, Mr. Alan Blake. Uh, Go on, do some Tom Jones, Alan. Go on. It's not unusual for me to do Tom Jones, let's be honest. You've You've got to do it in your best Welsh accent. Should we get oh, Phil to do it then? No, no, no. Alan, I, I want to hear Alan's Welsh oh. accent. Whose coat is that jacket? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> <laughs> I like you do customer support. <laughs> oh, you got to be, you have got to be, you have got to be on point with your Welsh, otherwise it definitely will turn. <laughs> It'll go to a different country very quickly. <laughs> that was kind of why I wanted to see where how how good Alan could keep it on the on. Uh, to be fair, is, I think you did quite well. I have to be kind of either a very drunk, b I have to hear someone else say it and mimic, or c just in the zone. Yeah. So if I'm on point, going right, let's do an accent. Then sometimes I can nail them, but clearly not. I am poor. Time. I, I've got like Aussie. That's all I've got. Yeah, Aussie, yeah. go for it. Um, oh no, you just put me on the spot now. I, I, I can do one <laughs> noise in Aussie, and that's uh, saying yeah. You go like this, there they go. Yeah. <laughs> that sounded very Yorkshire still. I can't yeah. <laughs> oh, you meant you meant as in like from Australia? I thought you meant as in Aussie Osborne. <laughs> Sounds like Paul McCartney. Why do we go why do we go to accents? We're all awful at them. Let's just stop that. <laughs> Ryan can do a really good uh, Middlesbrough accent. <laughs> go on, Ryan. Go on, Ryan. <laughs> 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 Ryan, you got your CWNA this week. Congratulations. Thank you. I just swear. Congratulations. You're the man. How'd you get on? Um all right. Well I passed obviously. Um Oh, why'd you say obviously? Because you just said Ryan, I just passed my <laughs> you passed the CWNA. <laughs> Copy bastard. Oh yeah. Sorry, I gave it away. Um but no, it wasn't as straightforward as I was hoping. Um, so I used <clears throat> I used some of the CWNP practice exams. Okay. So when I registered my exam voucher, I didn't realize it gave me the practice tests. And I thought they were pretty good. And when, when I was getting sort of 80, 90s, and then up to 100% on the test exams, I thought, oh, I'm all right here. Easy. <laughs> yeah, I think I lulled myself in a bit. I was like, hmm. Then the first 15 questions, I was like, fuck, I failed this. 
Because <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest, some of them I was just like, what? I haven't um, got a clue. Yeah, it was it was proper educated guesses. Uh, but then <laughs> the other the other stuff wasn't wasn't too bad. But uh, yeah, scraped by with seventy five percent. Two percent more than me, mate. So <laughs> done all right there. But I thought it was all right though. But the difference was I did it at home. Oh um, right. In my slippers. Of course. Oh, in your hey. slippers. That's what gave you that five percent you needed to pass, right? Yeah, yeah. I was run faster in these slippers, man. Is that how you prove you're not cheating by taking the rest of your clothes off? <laughs> Just in your slippers. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, though. I'll tell you what. I didn't half, didn't half shit myself, though. <laughs> so, like, obviously, before you start, you start, like, you've got to take a picture of the front, back, and then the sides of your room, and then all your ID and stuff. Then, before you go in, that um, ask you to basically show them on the webcam so you just spin the laptop around and then that's that so i must have been a good 20 questions in but when i do exams i like i read the question out loud so i can understand it yeah and then this gadget just comes on the microphone going please stop talking i'm like fuck shit where's he come from <laughs> i had no idea so uh, that's a that, that caught me out and then i had I must have been sat on my hand because I was still, I should really say, I was still talking, but I was just putting my hand over my mouth. <laughs> and uh, I got told off for that as well. Uh, brilliant. Um, but it was um, it was good. And what was also good to find, I don't know about your test centre, but I call the one I go to, we've got the walk of shame. Oh, so really? you don't find out if you passed on the screen, you've got to oh. walk to the printer. <laughs> oh. But it was quite good because it just popped up straight away and said, you passed. And nice. that was that. And... All right. Yeah. Normally the walk of shame is at like five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> when you're wearing uh, the same dress just that you slippers. wore last night. <laughs> well, I don't wear dresses when I go out, Ryan, but if you do. You... <laughs> yeah, but Alan, when you, when you do the walk of shame at five o'clock in the morning, you already know you failed. So that's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> why, have you seen have you seen what I've left behind? Is that why? <laughs> It's normally Matt Wenham, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Still in my hotel room. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he gets some stick on this podcast and he's never even been on, poor bloke. Yeah, he never we, listens anyway, so I'd like, cool I'd to, like to, to say us. we should give him, him him some time to like defend himself or speak up, but I think it's funny that we just constantly take the mick out of him. People don't, you know, necessarily know who he is, but he just gets just gets <laughs> constantly all the time. But but don't forget everybody's got an opportunity to uh, be on this podcast by recording the one minute clip on our website. So you know he could always stand up for himself and say, I didn't have sex with Alan, it's a vicious rumour. <laughs> um <laughs> if you want to we'll believe what I want, won't we? Well, I mean, there's probably or, or, a way. If or he... we'll turn his voice into a song. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's probably a quite a quick way to find out if he did have sex with Alan. He could just take a test, because I mean, Alan's got everything going. So <laughs> <The hell? laughs> if he gets a clean bill of health, <laughs> you know, it Alan, is, Alan is patient zero. <laughs> <laughs> I have you know, I'm a married man. <sighs> I love it. <laughs> Actually, it's my anniversary today, believe it or not. Ten years. Is it? Happy anniversary. Mm. How woman. many years? Poor, poor woman. Ten. Ten, Ten years. years married. Yeah, I reckon I could be out on parole by now. 
Congrats. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's see and stuff like that. You'll be out on the bloody streets, son. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that on your 10-year anniversary, you're still at the pub with your mates. <laughs> well, that's how she met me, at the pub with my mates. <laughs> and in 20 years, if I'm lucky enough to be married for another 10, then I'll still be in the pub with my mates. Nice. And oh, then another 10 years after that, I'll be dead. So, who knows? Okay. Yeah. Good good 20-year plan like that. Well, yeah. My daughter's birthday today as well, so I will always know your anniversary, Alan. So next year I'll send you a card and you can send my daughter a card. <laughs> That's a bit weird. That sounds like some, mm. some guy, some guy from down south sending your daughter a birthday card. <laughs> make, sure you, make sure you put £20 in every time. Make sure it gets to from, un- from Uncle Alan. I'll yeah. make sure it gets to her. <laughs> Yeah. Gotta be careful these days, because um, we've uh, had a few people. Because in May, it's a lot of birthdays in our household, um, and we've had a few people who said, "Oh yeah, we sent a card and there's money been in it, but they've never, never arrived." So you have got to be careful when you send uh, birthday cards in, in the post in the UK, because I reckon there's a few chances out there that say, "Right, what's in that one? Take it out, ten quid." Yeah, you know, there's my bit money. Honestly, it happens. I hate to say it, but it does. That's, that's what Monzo's for. But it, it sounds well, like they deliver, a... they deliver birthday cards, do they? <laughs> uh, I don't know, probably. <laughs> you mean they're a bank? Yes, they are a bank. Yeah. It sounds like we've got a lot of reason to have a have a few drinks tonight, anyway, doesn't it? it? Does. Yeah, yeah. I'm celebrating birthdays, anniversaries, CWNA, CWNA. What have yep. I done? Dan has uh, got a warm head. I got what? a warm, warm head. head. <laughs> yeah, I've got my. We've all got our Wi-Fi Ninja hats on, looking very dashing. You do know we're going to have to have to up the ante, don't we? We can't have the the ninjas winning this. Well, to, to be honest with you, I thought these hats were going to be quite expensive to make, but I've looked online and they're dirt cheap, so I'm not impressed. <laughs> they're, they're probably a little bit more expensive than the bits of cardboard we sent out. mats or coasters? Sorry, coasters. That's what we're called. Coasters. Yeah. Coasters. Have we got a guest? Did I just hear someone walk in? Noah. Hello. That's Tom Jones. The real Tom, Tom Jones. Jones. <laughs> Hi Phil. How are you? Good man. Hey, I heard you guys talking about post gone missing. Oh yeah. I've lived in America now for about fifteen years. When I was in England, someone said that every week, million items of post go missing. I don't know if there's any truth in that. You'd kind of expect them to just like pile up just off the M25 or something, right? <laughs> the big pile of posts just growing. But I, I'm just wondering where all this stuff goes. Well, I, I was watching something not long back on TV. I can't remember what show it was. It was the Joe Lysett thing. And um, one of the big delivery companies, um, they have weekly, send all their stuff to weekly auctions, stuff that can't be delivered. So they sort of infiltrated it and fact, went into this auction to find out you know, what was being delivered and why they couldn't identify it and how much it was being sold for. And there were clear addresses sort of labelled on the parcels really? that they were auctioning off and they were selling these big sort of, like, uh, trolleys of, of just undelivered stuff for next to nothing. Did you see the one where it was a TV? And it was, <laughs> it was like a 50-inch TV and it had clearly written on the side the address. Because <laughs> so it's where the, it's... I think it's... They can legally auction it off if they've attempted to deliver it or can't deliver it because the information's missing and no one's come forward after 
so many days. But this crazy. clearly had a name and address on, and it was like someone's 50-inch TV that's gone missing. <laughs> but then what happens is because then people don't insure it, they put like a 20-quid insurance on. They'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. We'll refund you your insurance. There's your 20 quid. Horrendous. It's devastating. We have a problem over here in the US with um, folks just taking... Just one problem. Amazon packages. Oh, yeah, just one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking Amazon packages off your off your front porch. Yeah. Do you guys have that in the UK? It's always raining, so nobody leaves things on that front porch. Say, yeah. <laughs> and there's a big black Labrador that will come and jump on you if you uh, <laughs> step foot in our garden. The Because um, I saw... There's a YouTuber, isn't there, who makes like a... Uh, Glitter bomb package. I'm just going to mention him, yeah. Yeah. Apparently, if you watch one of his videos, he explains that he was like part of NASA or something, and hey, well, yeah. Yeah. currently going around Mars. He helped build, and he's like, "Hmm, what can I do about people stealing my Amazon?" And he builds <laughs> glitter bombs. It has like fart spray that goes off for every five seconds. <laughs> yeah. It's got like cameras in it. It's got geolocation in it because what he hopes is. When the glitter goes off and the fart spray starts spraying, people just throw it out of the car and then yeah, yeah. will locate it and pick it up. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, he uses like um Android phones, doesn't he, to record yep. all the different yeah. angles and that yeah, yeah, that's yeah, genius. That's I mean you've you've gotta be you've gotta have a lot of spare time and cash <laughs> to decide I know what I'm gonna do in my time. <laughs> I'm gonna build the, the, a glitter the, the, bomb. Yeah. yeah, he's called um, Mac Rober, and he's got quite That's a few it. videos where they like do science experiments and make like uh, foam explosions, and they film he did, like, like a this massive Nerf gun, didn't he? Yeah, yes. he did. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And a giant water pistol, I think it was as well, like yeah, a yeah. super soaker. Super soaker. Yeah. <laughs> and if you haven't seen his squirrel video, that's, oh, yes. that's brilliant. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. I have, yeah. I think um I think my son must have subscribed to him and he uses my account so like every now and then I just get these new videos show up in my YouTube. It's like oh cool yeah, yeah I'll check that out. Yeah, yeah clever guy. Yeah. Smart guy. <laughs> so how are you, Phil? You good? I'm awesome, dude. Well, you know. Uh, nice to go out there again, but you know. It's, Where are you uh, calling from? So I am calling from little housing development. Oh, hang on. I did we it wrong. The, we, sorry, uh, we're, we're live. We're live inside a pub and you're not on the phone. I said it wrong. Oh, I'm sorry. So we'll, I'm, I'm, I'll edit this bit out. Okay. My mistake. <laughs> Let me do my own clap on my own recording so I know where I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, Phil, how are you? You good? You well? I'm doing awesome. As you can see, I'm on a picnic on the mountain near um, San Francisco Bridge. <laughs> Somewhat. Love it. Uh, so you've just flown in from San Francisco to join us for a beer tonight, have you? I have. Oh, okay. Do you want to do that one more time? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not editing this out. You can no, piss this off. Is fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know people, so I've just flown in from San Francisco. Uh, Al, I can join you tonight. Wicked. So what did you do? Like a 14-minute quarantine? Or a four, not a 14-day <laughs> well, one that we've imposed recently? I know people. I, I put myself in a box. and I, Good. But like sweeties on the side, and they let me straight through. <laughs> You've got to be careful because you break that fourteen-day quarantine. It's something like a hundred-pound fine, isn't it? I know. Yes. <laughs> <Are> you kill <laughs> it. Is that what it is? Someone told me this. Is it in a hotel? You got to stay in a hotel or something for fourteen days, or 
No, you just got to stay at home. Yeah. You can go to the shop. You can go to the shop to feed yourself, but you know you're just not allowed out. But how do they know where you are? How do they know where you go? They going? don't. That's the point. You've got to give them your details. And you've also got to tell them where you live. I wonder how many people are going to be self-isolating at five 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 Wheelie Bin Drive. <laughs> Is that where you live? <laughs> self-isolating with M Mouse. Oh, I love it. He definitely you, you know, the friends you know Mike. Mike. <laughs> you know Mike and Minnie. Did you did you see they were um, interviewing people as they came off planes and they were like, oh, you know, where, where have you come from? You know, where are you self isolating? And like every single person that came in was like, what, what do you mean self isolating? I've got a business meeting, and then one guy came out and he's got like a like a high temperature and he's coughing all over the place. They're like. Are you right, or do you? <laughs> Have you seen like that, that um, contact tracing video where I think it was a conference in Florida, and they took people's phone information, fed it into some public database, and they tracked people. Obviously, you know it's not spying on anybody or anything, and it, they deleted all the information after they um, wrote the report, of course. But um, it just shows this, these little orange dots in Florida. Let's imagine that down here, Florida. And then, you know, suddenly one of them pops up there to like the Hunter and one pops over to Tesco, Texas. Oh, and then a couple go up to New York. And you just see these orange dots suddenly explode across the USA. And it's a contact tracing app using, I think it was one of the vendor's phone system. And they gathered location data so they could see where everybody at this conference went and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was a beach party or something, but they was did it something. spring break. Yeah. I yeah. think I saw that. It was, it was like break. spring break, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Down in Florida. Yeah. And, and they showed yeah. the impact. Basically spring break is a huge holiday where virtually most of the young people from the East coast go down to Florida because it's, they call them snowbirds because it can be a little cold still in March, April in New York. It's still snow in, in the North. Nice. Um, Daytona Beach Florida. is where they go to, isn't it? What's that? Daytona Beach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very yeah. nice. Very, very scenic. And Daytona Beach. About it's full of... on and uh, Disney's talking about opening up again now. Nice. They're doing the basketball tournament, the NBA, aren't they? I, I think they're allowing sports to continue, but no fans, apparently, at the last I heard. So they've got, they got air conditioning then, have they? <laughs> <laughs> nice, nicely oh, done. No, yeah, no. well done. <laughs> Top crowd. Yeah. Top crowd. Cool. I'm going to put in a better sound effect. Probably tumbleweed. Uh, you, you need you need to have another drink, Alan. <laughs> crickets. Crickets. Crickets will be good. Definitely, definitely. So Phil, Does tumbleweed, the... Does tumbleweed hey? even make a sound? I, I didn't listen to that, that like episode. Did we put tumbleweed? So well, it's Tumble, yeah, when tumbleweed moves, it creates like a wind blowing sound. Like a whistle. That's the whole idea. Oh, a lot of wind. Yeah. This is what goes around in your head all the time. In my head. <laughs> I'm doing it's it. Just... Christian. <laughs> in my head, it's just rusty, rusty cogs. So Phil, so Phil, thanks for coming on our, uh, on yeah, our show. Pleasure, man. I do appreciate it. And uh, flying honored. in from San Francisco and everything else and uh, getting over your jet lag really quickly. 
Um, <laughs> can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself so that people know who Phil Morgan is? Um, keep it to kind of within one minute, not, you know, I don't want a monologue. Sure. If you don't mind. <laughs> so, left school, became a minor, did that for about 10 years. Um, decided that I didn't want to do that for the next 40 years. So went back to college, started doing things, and they just invented this thing called a computer. And I used to, I used to hang around in, uh, showing my age now, used to hang around in Boots. Boots is a, a chemist, which is a pharmacy in England. And they'd have all these computers chemist. in the wall, and I'd watch kids typing things in. And I thought, hey, this is cool stuff. Went to college, did my degree in things, then got into networking, and I've uh, been doing that ever since. Wow, that was pretty... Yeah, you said short, Al, so there you go. Today I focus on, I do a lot of Cisco stuff. I focus on wireless, obviously. Uh, and I'm really into cybersecurity and the Internet of Things, which is a, a great partnership at the moment because everyone's like, let's create this fantastic light bulb that you can change the colors on. We need to get it out quick. Okay, it's out. It's selling like mad. Right. Um, it's really insecure. Robert security. <laughs> uh, let's, let's fix security on it now that we've sold a million of them <laughs> but nice. also as well you're um, one of the early CCIEs are you not? I am yes I got a very low number I did it back in 98 when it was a, a two day affair so I'm 5224 should remember that should be written on the back of my eyelids so it actually started at 1024 so it's like I'm 4,000. Well, 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 you can't just skip over that. It started at 1,024. Yeah. Yeah. And do you know who they gave that number to? Why? Um, I do, and I've forgotten his name. No. 1,024 wasn't given to any person. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. One th the first CCIE was 1,025, right? Person, yes. That was Stuart Briggs. Or is that Stuart Briggs? Stuart Briggs? Ooh, no. I can feel a Cisco quiz coming on. I, I, I'm sure it was a guy called Stuart. Uh, I think so, yes. And 1026 was, I forgot the gentleman's name. I, and Who cares? Who cares? What I, was gonna, what I was referring to, 1024 was actually given to the test centre. Actually, they, that, that, the test centre was given the first right. CCIE number, I believe. I didn't first... know that. I've learned. You didn't so know I, like, really? I learned something new. I did not know that. That is a useful oh, yeah. This is this is when I was a Cisco geek, like you know, twenty years ago when I was actually interested. But do you know, doing, <laughs> do you know something else as well? Do you know what they weren't going to call it CCIE? They called it some. They were calling it something else. Do you know what they called it before they you kind of settled on CCIE? Go ahead, Alan. You're, give, you're giving gear. away. You're giving away all the best. Top Gun. Top Gun. They were going to call them Top Gun. Yeah, that's right. If you Google it, it's it's kind actually, of out there. But they were going to call them uh, Top Guns. No, actually. There is a bit of a story behind that, and I... I oh, let me get comfortable. I, so, way back then, I, so I sat on a CCIE program when there were no CCIE programs. It was invented by a company, uh, and it was from Australia, a guy from Australia, uh, and he called his program Top Gun, and back then, when you got your CCIE, you got a pilot's jacket. Very, very, very nice pilot's jacket. And I think that's probably where the Top Gun Association comes from. I didn't know they were going to call it that, though, Al. But I, did, I do know that... Where's your jacket? Go ahead. Frank. Where's your jacket? Uh, no, no. This was back in... Oh, um, was it 90... 
I'm thinking 93, I might have gotten that wrong. I did it in 99, just before the turn of the millennium. And um, by then, you got, a, you, you got a lovely medal. It's like, it's like an Olympic gold medal. Beautiful goat little medal you can stick on the wall and a, a nice piece of paper signed by John Chambers. Let me ask you a question now, Phil. Do you, do you, do you, rec- do you recommend getting a CSIE now? So, I think the Cisco partner system still requires it. So, I'm making up some numbers now, and please forgive me. And in my opinion... We make up shit all the time, don't yeah, worry. Don't, don't worry about that, Phil. You're in a safe place. <laughs> we've, we've, never, we've never said any facts or anything like that on here. But, so, in my opinion, and allegedly, so now no one can sue me, uh, if you're a Cisco Silver partner, and you do like, you know, $10 million, $100 million a year turnover. To become a gold partner, you have to meet certain requirements. Well, if you're doing the turnover and you've got the customer base and you haven't got enough CCIEs, you just need to grow a CCIE. So maybe you grow two CCIEs and your discount from Cisco can go up by 5%. Now, if you're doing $100 million turnover, you just made 5% just getting people to be CCIE. So the learning partners no longer need CCIE, but I believe the Cisco community still need to have a certain number of CCIEs to maintain their partner status. So to them, obviously, it's very valuable. Um, I will say that CCIE has become incredibly difficult. It always was difficult, but we used to, you know, I did a, a boot camp type courses, several courses to attend. It was a program and I did it and I passed first time. So that was a great program. A couple of years later, I thought, you know, I'll do this again. And I did my second CCIE and it took me four attempts. Now, I then founded a website, which I've since stopped using, called the $1,500 Lunch, which is if you go to Cisco to sit the CCIE and you don't pass, <laughs> you just had a $1,500 lunch, right? Yeah. I had one of them. Did you try it? Yeah, I sat my CCI route and switching in 2008 in okay. uh, Belgium. Yeah, yeah and uh, yeah, it was a nice lunch. I had fish. Yeah. Didn't eat a lot because I was nervous. I was kind of concerned that I'd left it as I had, you know, unfinished and I wanted to get back in there, but you were kind of bound to, I guess, an hour and you didn't want an hour. You just wanted 30 minutes. You, want, you, you would have took 10 minutes yeah. to get back in there because time is of the essence. And that's one of the things about the lab I remembered being taught um, that it's sometimes not about what you know, it's actually yeah. the time management. And sometimes you can get bogged down on questions and things and not really being efficient with your config, you know, how you yeah. read, what you type. And, and eventually you'll realize that there's so much to do in eight hours because I, I think it was just a, a one-day exam with eight hours. And I actually had the open-ended questions as well that they were introduced to stop the, oh, I guess, the brain dumpers. Yeah. So I had I had those at the beginning, which were funny. Um, yeah. But that was it. Yeah, so 2008, I, I took it then, um, but didn't didn't pursue it, I got kind of put off. I was like, oh my God, I'm so not ready for this. <laughs> well, I was, was it, but time management screwed me. I just ran out of time. So I, I we at NCX, but we teach Cisco official and, so i got to choose my words carefully, Cisco official, because Cisco have classes. Any classes Cisco don't have a class for, it's not not official training, it's just not official, if that makes any sense. It's not like grade training, as they call it. So, for example, there's no security or wireless CCIE. Well, there used to be a collaboration and a 
route switch, but that's all gone in February. We're still waiting for them to update those. Um, so we teach the official Cisco products and also where there is no material, we teach other products as well. We teach people to become a CCIE and, and one of the most important things you teach them is when you go in and sit down, you read through the entire lab. Like waste of 30 minutes, no. It's the best investment you've ever gotten. Because they'll get you to, so they'll tell you to configure something and you can choose whatever protocol you want to choose. You choose the protocol, right? So everyone will choose like EIGRP because it's easy to configure. Then you get to question number seven and it tells you to do something that only works if you've used OSPF, <laughs> right? And so there's lots of trickery and things like this. So you have to read through the whole thing. If it was 12 hours long, I would say in guesstimation, less than 10% people pass first time. Um, if it was 12 hours long, you'll have loads more people passing. If it was 16 hours long, I reckon you'll have an 80% pass rate. You haven't got time to think what I need to do. You've got to be able to be told, configure this, and you've got to know your config in your head, and you've got to type it in, and you've got to know your config works. You have the time to Brian, go, oh, what's that command now for? Yeah. Brian recently passed his uh, CWNA, but he's a whiz at Cisco stuff. Do you think he could pass his CSIE? With, with enough practice and with enough patience. That, that, so I tell people, if, day one of my CCI bootcamp is really simple, right? What you need is patience, time, money, and luck. I know there's a gentleman who I won't name who sat on the same bootcamp that I did, and I don't mean to be disrespectful, which I always say before I am. Um, he, he didn't know much about the subjects we were being taught. Um, and to my left was another guy, good friend of mine. I won't mention his name either. And let's, let's call left lefty and call right righty. Lefty took nine attempts to get his CCI. Right? He, I was talking to the instructor and he said, Philly said, why is he here? I'm learning stuff off him. Lefty crumbled when he got to the exam. Mm. Okay? I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that Lefty is now head of department for a large service provider. The pay rise he got after he got it on his ninth attempt covered all his costs and let him take his children to Disney World for two weeks because his boss needed him to get it. And as soon as he got it, we don't use the word fail. We call it the F word. If you keep on trying, you will eventually get it. You just got to spend enough money and enough time. And there's luck. Now let's talk about Righty. Righty went to do his exam and I say it's luck because lucky that you get asked the questions you know the answer to, right? There was a famous basketball player that says, I'm not skillful, I'm lucky, but what I found is the more I practice, the luckier I get. <laughs> There's a little bit of luck in it as well. You can go there and get asked questions that you don't know. You can go there and get asked questions you do know. The problem with the CCIE is, whichever topic it is, you are asked on, like, it's, it may be this deep, but it's this wide. Mm -hmm. So to give you an example, one of the mock questions we did in the Cisco official 360 program was to get EIGRP working so you could bring up the MPLS so you could get OSPF running so you could configure IP6 to run BGP. That was like five points, which is like, <laughs> who does that in the real world? But that was one of the mock questions that we gave people. So look, look at all the technologies you have to do. If you fail one of those technologies, it's crazy. Nil point.
So I'm actually starting the journey this year. CCIE? Yeah. So what? I'm doing the, I'm looking to do the encore. So the, <clears throat> I, I wanted to do the CWNA, um, but my hand was forced to get it done because like what you mentioned before, we need it for partner certification. Yeah. So it's part of the extreme. So we're, I believe, a diamond partner. And you have to have yeah. so many CWNAs and, and yeah. whatnot, which I think is a good thing. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I, th- I think it's absolutely brilliant. And I can only think that comes out of Dave Coleman and Devon being there because I think Devon spent time doing some of the trainer bits there as well. So I think that's probably where that's come from, and it's a good thing. Episode um, 9. What? <laughs> Episode nine, if you want to hear about Devon and Extreme. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was barely there. Um, so I misunderstood. Uh, did you say you're doing the I'm Extreme looking to thing? do the... No, no, I've done that. So I've finished that now. All right. Um, so I've, I've done the Extreme Wireless Certs and the CWNA. So that's boxed off. And I'm looking to do the new Enterprise Core exam. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Now, that for me is massive yeah so previously when you were doing like so that that enterprise core covers you for both ccmp and for ccie it's the single yeah. prerequisite yeah. so for me the ccmp used to be split into switch root and t-shoot yeah. and it was ideal because all you had to focus on was you had to know your switching then for the next exam you had to know your route now you have to know it all and you have to know it to a fairly decent standard because like what you just mentioned there they could ask you a question about absolutely anything yeah, and you have to know it. So whilst people say, Oh, it's brilliant. You only have one exam. That exam will take, I personally think, cause I struggle to, to keep it all in, um, to the point where I am doing test exams 10 minutes before I go in. Yeah. Oh, I'm re- reading through flashcards because I really struggle to, to retain it. Um, I think I'm going to struggle with the enterprise core. Um, I think it's going to take me one or two attempts, if I'm honest. Um, it it just looks massive. So you've but seen the is, right? Yeah, it's huge. So it's got wireless on it. It's got security mm-hmm. on it. It's got cyber on it. And it's also got DevOps on it now. Yeah, that's the one thing. Um, I'm, I'm Obviously, I'm going to have to learn. I'm quite lucky in the fact that for a number of years before going to Wi-Fi, I'd probably a bit like yourself, Phil. I was a general networking specialist, switching root and firewalls. Yep. So I've got a, a fairly good base understanding. Um, so I think that's enough to keep me on. And then I think if I just expand upon that and then maybe look at... Uh, and then again, with the wireless, obviously, I've got the CWNA. I've worked with Cisco products for a few years. So I just need to expand upon that. The DevOps and everything like that, I'm going to have to start from scratch. So yeah. I'm almost probably going to spend more time on that sort of stuff than what I am anything else, if I'm honest. And probably more time than I actually need to. I might spend most of the time doing that because I, I feel that's something I just know nothing about. So I can't even remember the last time I even wrote a script. Remember now, when you do a Cisco exam, it unlike the CWNA, CWNA would teach you how wireless what wireless needs to work on the Cisco exams. You need to know the Cisco way of doing it. And that's very important. It's always the opposite. 
Yeah, it's not the same as the way. So you need to know how Cisco does mm-hmm. Cisco Firewall, how Cisco Umbrella does DNS protection, how how you configure wireless WPA2 personal and enterprise on a Cisco controller. Yeah, so it's it's focused on the Cisco way of doing things, which which has an awful lot of overlap, but there are some unique specific things to Cisco compared to like. Extreme, Aruba, and so on and so forth. What I found quite daunting is the um, the kit that you need in this enterprise call. Yeah. You need a lot of stuff. Now, in a previous episode, I, I know I already spoke about it, but I, I am virtualizing all the networks using Eve. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I've, <laughs> I have a funny feeling that's not going to be good enough. Um. I'm going to do a lot more, which means more money. Now, I'm lucky in the fact that a lot of the stuff I can get from work, uh, work have already said that they would offer to pay for kit as well. Obviously, they're a gold partner, so it's all NFR yep. discount stuff and, and whatnot, which <clears throat> which is decent. I mean, but it's, it's where do you start? Because like with it being so wide, it's... The, the blue, the, I just genuinely don't even know where to start. Um, I'm, I, I imagine I'm just probably just going to break the blueprint down into bits and pieces and then look at the objectives and then tick them off one by one. I think that's the only way I'm going to have to do it. So have you done your CCNA? Yes. Have you looked at the new CCNA blueprint? No. So one of the major things that Cisco has done is they've made it so that there are no enforced prerequisites. So if you want to come and sit the CCIE, you need to pass, as you said, one of the core, so EN core, for example, and that's the, that's the new CCIE written. Okay. Now they do that to enforce a minimum because they don't want people just turning up. Hey, I can drive. So Go ahead, Al. I was going to say, can I put that on my CV then? What's that? Well, that I've done the CCI Young Core exam rather than well, CCI written. So I, don't op- I don't open a can of worms, but there's been a standing thing in the CCI community for several years now from a couple of people that, that used to put on their um, resumes that they are CCI written. So somebody I've in the term ABL, right? I'm a CCI in all ways, but I haven't done the lab yet. So there's CCIE, ABL, and a couple of the wags in the industry, April 1st, not this year, I think it was last year, said Cisco announces CCIE, ABL is now an actual certification. So the all but lab is, I've done everything I need to do, but I haven't gone and passed the lab yet. Now it's, it's sometimes the CCI community are very defensive, because <laughs> there's a big difference between getting the written and getting the lab. But um, you know, you can say ABL, Al. Go for it, man. They fill, that's, fill my, that's, that's my initials, A Blake, ABL. It's destiny, Destiny. I'm going to put that on my CV. <laughs> uh, this this is one of the things. So I've, I've I've tried going down the Cisco track before a few times, and one of the things that always puts me off is the amount of brain dumpers that are out there, and you know, people go for it just so they can get the the writing on the CV rather than get the knowledge. 
And obviously, when you get to CCIE, it's different because you actually have to know what you're doing rather than just memorize an exam dump. And for me, for what for what I do, I don't, I don't need that level of knowledge. And I've always found that you know, being able to describe that you have the experience rather than you can just sit an exam is more important. And it, it's 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 similar to what you just said. You know, people people will say they've got CCIE written just because they've passed the written part of the, the 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 track rather than doing the labs, and it it removes a lot of the value for me. Yes. See that 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 well that doesn't count anymore. Getting CCIE written last year is a major step towards getting CCIE, and your your CCIE written is also this wide. Um, so it was an achievement. Now they've removed the status of that achievement because anybody that does the Dev Core exam is now qualified to go and sit CCIE lab. Because you, you can't even go on the website and book a date until your Cisco CCO ID identifies you have having passed in that exam. So you can't even go and look if there's a free date in your vicinity. So once you pass that exam, so that they've equalized it now, which, which opens up more people to go for CCIE and makes it much easier for, for the people that want to become CCIE to get the leg up. Because... Because the old CCI written exams were horrible. I, I, I won't mention names. I know people who are long-time CCIE, and I know triple CCIEs, that all failed one of the CCI exams when it came up. Name them. Underground, we talked to each other. Name them. Name them. Name them. No, I'm Name not naming them. And, and Come on. The, the point, this is a show that prides ourselves on honesty, controversy. <laughs> Integrity. Absolutely. And alcohol. So name them. I, I will name them. One guy, his name was Michael um, Muese. Uh, another guy. Did you just make that up? Donald Duque. Um, <laughs> then there was a Geo. Michael Litteris. <laughs> so, um, my, my, point, my point actually is, is that it became very, very hard. And, it's, and you can work with the product day in, day out. And they ask you, you know, they'll ask you what, like some... SMTP port number functionality packet exchange. You're like, I'm sorry, I've never heard of this ever before. So the, the written was very, very difficult. So getting the written used to be a status symbol in its own right. But uh, now, and, and I've got to say, the new Cisco courses, this part of the class sponsored by Cisco, the new Cisco courses are actually very, very good. Okay, but I've also got to say, be careful here, Gone are the days where you set a class and go and pass the exam. Cisco has purposely, it's something to do with ISO 27001 or something. They've delineated the developers of the course from the exam writers of an exam. So what happens is they have a JTA meeting. They create a blueprint. Then these people over here look at the blueprint and create learning material. And these people over here look at the blueprint, look at the blueprint and create exam material. So fully expect now to sit on a class and do additional study to pass an exam. I know of people that pass their CCNA on their third attempt, which is like, I'm sorry, what? You know, you give the first one away free, right? So they come back for more. Apparently yeah. not anymore. So Phil, I've got a question for you then. Go ahead. With all that, bearing all of that in mind, are you 
would you call yourself an ethical hacker or a bastard hacker? <laughs> oh, an ethical hacker, because I've never done anything illegal ever. That you'd admit to. No, I haven't done it. Yeah. So, so this this is this is a good question, you right? So keep a straight face. This is my. <laughs> we we practice this. I am a good boy. Honestly, mom, it wasn't me. For, for, for people that can't see him, he's smiling right now. Actually, no, he's actually doing really well to keep a straight face, Deadpan. but his eyes tell a different story. He's I think my it's frozen. My leg. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so uh, you know, I've I've got Kali Linux. I've got uh, Wi-Fi Pineapple, and yep. haven't touched either of them. So, yes. where's where's the best place? What's the best way for me to dip my toe into Starbucks. and testing, you know. <laughs> so, so the Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi, the Wi-Fi pineapple is is a great tool to get you up and attacking very quickly. The the problem with it is that it's it's like having a GUI, right? Yep. Okay. The, the difference between so are you guys Cisco people? Uh, we like GUIs. We like GUIs. We, we, they, yeah, I mean, what, 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 what sort of protocols do you guys work with? You know, you know Cisco Wireless LAN controllers. Do you know? Do you know? Air I know High Unix. Mix? I know Unix well because I'm right, so, okay. Mac. Yeah. It, it, no, it does Mac okay. OS well. Perfect. So the Wi-Fi Pineapple is a Mac. Yeah. Okay. Kali Linux is the operating system CLI that you go into. Now, obviously, there's way more power once you get into the CLI than you yep. get away from the GUI. And the problem with the Wi-Fi Pineapple is it limits your access. I think you can get CLI access, but it's, it's not easy and it's not the first thing you do. When you load up Kali Linux and you start typing in the commands, you start understanding what's going on and knowing the commands and knowing what they do. So, for example... The Wi-Fi Pineapple runs on M on NG, but you don't know that because you click a bot button saying capture packets. What it does, it puts it, there you go, yeah, it puts it puts the interface in in um, monitor mode. It starts capturing on NG. So effectively, linking back to what we talked about, the Wi-Fi Pineapple is CCNA using a GUI front end, and doing it in Kali Linux is like the CCNP even going as far as the CCIE. I, I tell people, this is what you need to know to be successful in our industry, right? You need to know Wi-Fi, you need to know cybersecurity, you need to know Linux. And now I've added Python onto it as well. So you've, got did, Linux, you've got three. Did, did you pay attention to that? Because uh, <laughs> he's sat there shaking his head. I know where you're to... going with this, bastard. Uh, okay. Do you want me to go to Manchester? Manchester, WNH. Yeah, so Al Alan, Alan once stood in front of us all, uh, the English, the uh, the United Kingdom chapter of the Wireless Land Association, and uh, did a demo on the wireless pineapple, uh, Wi-Fi pineapple, sorry. And um, it couldn't get anything to work. So from, from, <laughs> from what you've just and, said there, Phil, uh, Alan, you failed your CCNA. CCNA. <laughs> <laughs> you're like ICND 1.0.1, 0 0.5. <laughs> no, it's it the one before that. It's the CCENT or whatever it is. <laughs> the kind of pre-CCNA. Network Plus. Course. Yeah. No, 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 the problem with that was is the captive portal 
which is one of the sticky things that the pineapple a can't get around. Good workman never blamed his tools. No, it's true. It's it's a well known <laughs> fact, and it was something that I didn't kind of preempt, which didn't is research. my fault. <laughs> well, <laughs> clearly not, because I don't do that very well. Are you accusing Alan of completely winging it, just rocking up with his shit and just saying, you know, I'm going to walk in, fuck shit up and leave? <laughs> are you yeah, accusing you Alan of that? Do you want controversy? Want them. Yes. Okay. It is physically <laughs> yeah, impossible. It's physically impossible to hack and break WPA2 Enterprise. There you go. Wait till that gets out. Now, okay. you're going to have thousands of people writing in saying, we I've write. broken it. Phil, we will not have thousands tens. of people. No, no, no. Tens, one or two. Well, we're not lucky. even tens. <laughs> we're here. We're all here. We all write to ourselves. What, what, if, what, if, what if you've got access to the CA? Well, my, my mom's going to listen. So, you know, you'll have one listener. Nice. No, I, I say that because a lot of people out there are pushing that WPA2 Enterprise is dead and it's easily to, to, to hack. Now, you can break WPA2 Enterprise. All you need is a stupid administrator to click the checkbox that says do not buy a certificate. We're all here. Right? Once you, <laughs> once you remove that checkbox, WPA2 Enterprise is, is useless. If you get, if you, you can, you can use the Wi-Fi pineapple to attack WPA2 Enterprise. And what it will do is it will create a false SSID and then it will create a false certificate. When you connect to it, a little alarm will go off and it'll be like, nah, warning, the certificate is invalid. If a user clicks continue, that will completely break WPA2 Enterprise. So you can't, let me get my wording right, you can't attack it and break the WPA2 Enterprise. What you can do is you can break the way the system works if a stupid user yeah. does something stupid with it. You, you, you can rely on stupid users though, can't you? That's Absolutely. the, yeah. <laughs> Why is Alan looking sheepish? <laughs> I'm a stupid administrator. There's a difference. <laughs> yeah. So if you enforce that you never, ever click the box that says, it appears the certificate is invalid, do you want to continue? You can, I believe you can block that on Microsoft using a global mm -hmm. policy. You can say that if the you certificate can, yeah. doesn't match, you do not continue. That's the level of functionality we need. If you do that, and you make them enforce the certificate validation, then WPA2 Enterprise is incredibly difficult to break. But, but that, that's, that's client validation, not the network validating the client, isn't it? No, the client, well, it depends which EAP you're using, right? If you're using EAP, the client is validated by username and password, and the radius server is validated by certificate. Yeah. So you're, you're talking about mutual authentication there, then, Christian? I am indeed. No, yeah. so so what I'm saying is, there's the um, you know, the server check thing. I can't remember what it's called now that you're talking about. The server check this, thing. Yeah, that's part of the <laughs> supplicant on the client, and whether you tick that or not, that's the client doing the check rather than the network checking the client. If you know what I mean. Yes. So yes. that is you telling the client, do they validate the Radius server certificate in EP, for example? So, so I'm just. So it's not. A, it's not stupid network administrator it's a stupid client administrator so we're all okay we're, we've got away with that well well <laughs> you're assuming that the client is unchecking that box right so yeah. again you can set a global policy that the client can't do that so absolutely a client a, a stupid user can go in and uncheck the box that you've checked christian you've configured it to say yes you will validate it against this certificate and the client goes in and says nah i don't need that then you can start up your wi-fi pineapple 
and you can create secret network and the users will connect to it and they'll say, oh, this stuff gets invalid, continue anyway. And once you continue anyway, what's the next thing they do? Please enter your username and password. So now you enter, they enter their username and password, which you yeah. capture. And then you say, nope, it failed, try again. And now you put them back to the re original and they get in the second time. So whenever my username and password fails, I get very, very suspicious. This is this is a, a point that I tried to make to our security team and whoever I talk to all the time. It's you don't teach users sort of how to hide themselves and how to, how to be afraid of networks. You teach them how to recognize the signs of a poorly configured network or a network which is crying out that this is unsecure, this is unsafe. So you know, there's all the things like you know, stay away from open networks. That's one of the things that our security team always bang on about. It's like, no, use open networks, but know how to secure your own protect transit yourself. across that network and protect yourself. You know, yeah. if you go to HTTPS in an open network, who cares as long as you don't get a you know a security warning? Absolutely, absolutely fine. Right, as soon as you get that warning. Don't trust it. Stay away. Uh, but but people well, well, would rather teach end users to fear open and insecure networks and actually how to use them. That's that's a big problem because it leads to people making mistakes. But you want things to be fast, free, and connect fast, free, and what, Dan? Frothiness. Fast, free, frothiness. <laughs> <laughs> people want fast, free, and frictionless connectivity to their open to to Wi-Fi yeah. networks, which but it means it's, open it's, networks, right? So yeah, but it's not just connecting to the network it's what you do while you're on the network yeah i but, don't do but anything you gotta watch out now because there's a new attack out now where on the open network when you load https and you type in www.ncexpert.com you think you go into nc expert well i can have a false redirect and i can give you a certificate from me and i can then on the back end i can connect to ncexpert.com so NC Expert is having the certificate with me, not with you. So the, HD, the TLS session is from you to me, and I got a second session from me to the website. But that's so what you H think you're doing. Yeah, that's what HSTS is supposed to try solve, isn't it? Well, well, HSTS just makes you do HTTPS stuff. Okay. I was trying to think of that earlier, bastard. I was, what I, done? I was scratching my head, thinking the, the, the protocol that I think this is more... Like, more get Google uh, use it, Amazon use uh, it. Of course, it's security, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. I think I think Squarespace have that built in as well. You can you can enforce that so that clients have to use that. I yeah. think that's on Squarespace as well. It's uh, pretty I, good. Yeah, they all do it. Facebook does it. Because you, you guys all know what a cookie is, right? The problem used to be... And, so five five years ago there was a facebook um hack called the face sheep or something fire sheep fire sheep thank you yeah and if i was on the same open network as starbucks as you if you were using http i could just capture your cookie and then i like you went on amazon and ordered something i could go on amazon so after you and present the same cookie and Amazon would think it was you. That that's when everybody went, hey, this HTTPS, maybe we should enforce it. They started enforcing HTTPS and HSTS came out to enforce that. So you can type in www.google.com and it will change to HTTPS colon slash slash www.google.com. It makes yeah, you nice. use HTTPS. So we we mentioned controversy before, Phil, that we'd love a bit of controversy here. I'm going to start it. 
So while we're on the terms of cybersecurity and things, I'm not too sure if you know, being all over there in the States and whatnot, but the National Cybersecurity Council in, um, in the UK have banned the terms blacklist and whitelist now. They no longer use them. Do, what do they, they have instead? They have allow and deny. Allow lists. and block. Okay. Um, and it comes, they're saying it stops sort of institutionalized sort of racism and things like that in the workplace. I don't know about you, but I have never ever thought of a blacklist and thought, mm, that, that's, that's for black people, that. That's where you put them. Yeah. Well, I've never thought of it that way, but apparently what they're saying is, is that obviously black means bad and white means good. But I, not... I just thought it was like lights on, lights off. You know, when the lights are off, it's dark. That's that's kind of the way I, I thought of blacklist and whitelist. That appears a lot, but isn't it, guys? Because you've got black hat, hacker, bad, yeah. white hat. White hat. Hacker, yeah. good. Well, that'll all you change. Know, well, you watched Lord of the Rings and Gandalf the White and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. the, the... So... But 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 it, it's it's it, it sort of stems back to you know the Bible and all angels and stuff like that. Angels are you know the the whitest thing in the world, aren't they? They dress in nice white dresses with nice white wings and fly around, and they're the epitome of good. Well, that's because of the darkness, right? The darkness yeah. as a species, we always fear the dark because yeah. it was in the dark that the saber-toothed tigers or the wolves or the lions came. Mm -hmm. um, and it was in the light. So, so what did we do to to keep ourselves safe? We, you know, we discovered fire. So we would always keep. If, if you're in the Serengeti, you start a fire. The um, the jackals and the lions they don't like fire. They stay away from fire. Firewalls. 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 That's where firewalls came yeah, from. Right. Yeah, Perimeter security. Create a firewall. Yeah. They can't get in. Yeah. The whole the whole history between light versus dark is the fact the yeah. sun rises in the morning, the sun sets on in the evening, and you know the next day the light wins the battle against the dark, and the cycle begins again. Well, that was that was the old religion, wasn't it? That the the sun fights against it, the dark, and it wins. Back yeah, to so ancient Egypt with Horus and uh, all that kind of stuff. Well, you look, at the, you look at, the, at the beginning of the Bible, you know. Good Lord created the sun to rule by day and the moon to rule by night. Can I just right, stop mate? you there? Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. So, so <laughs> I was, one thing I skipped out on is I was raised very, very religious. Um, I went to Sunday school. I was a deacon in church. So I I understand. I would Maybe I should sit down with Dad and have a coffee with him. I was going to say a beer, but a coffee with him maybe. And, um, you know, because... A lot of a lot of our religions in the West today are based on the same concepts, right? Yeah. Dark and evil and things. And that's if you look at the Ten Commandments, they're actually they're pretty good sound set of rules, actually. And most of our laws today are, are based on something. Don't be a dick. Other. Basically, they can be summed up as, "Let's have a. What can I do today to be good? Don't be a dick. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So that said, do you? In your opinion, do you think it's wrong for them to do that? Because I think it is. I think it's gone a bit too far. Yeah? I think, you know, segregating people and as black and white, yeah, that is, that is wrong. But a blacklist and a whitelist has been here for as long as ever. 
But does it hurt you, the fact that they've changed? As I say, what does no, it matter? What does it, it matter? Doesn't, doesn't but it's, do you not think this uh, is... It, it's going too far. And people are saying, oh, we're, we're removing it because we don't want people to think we're being racist at work. When we've all just explained there that that's nobody even... That, that doesn't cross people's sure. minds. No, 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 it probably doesn't. But what does it matter to change white to allow... It, it doesn't. It doesn't. Where, so, it helps. so to remove, so to remove any kind of just, you know, just change it. What does it matter? Where yeah. does this, I, where I, this stop? I have two. I have two opinions. The first opinion. You can't have the, two. The first opinion is is the easy one, right? I remember a story in the village I lived in in England. Awesome. Um It was near near Guildford to give you positioning. They Guildford. decided to ban Kent. Nearby, Kent, they decided to ban sorry. Christmas trees. Right? They decided okay. to ban Christmas trees in the town centre, and everybody was up in arms. And the local newspaper went to the local Jewish temple and said, "Why do you want the Christmas tree banned?" And the rabbi said, "I don't want a Christmas tree banned. I take my kids down to see it light every year." And they went to the Muslim um, temple. Is that right word? Temple. Uh, the, Mosque, thank you. Mosque. They went to the mosque and they asked the, the man, why do you want the Christmas tree lighting ceremony banned? And he says, I don't want the Christmas tree ceremony banned. I take my kids down every year to watch it. And what they found out, that it was a couple of left-wing people in the local government that had done this. And they were neither Jewish nor Muslim or Hindu. They didn't want to offend these other people. And my point there is you've got to find out who's... Who wants to ban whitelist and blacklist? If there's some people in the black community that say it's offensive, I'd be like, okay, I can see that. But if mm -hmm. there's a couple of white folks that are saying we need to ban this. Now, the second thing I'll say is I'm not going to discuss this any further because I'll be honest with you, if you haven't noticed, I'm a white guy living in San Francisco. Yeah, exactly. I don't yeah. know what it means to be racially oppressed. Well, I suppose you could say I'm Welsh, Al, so... You know, <laughs> I feel for you, bro. I, I was going to say, it, we, it, we said we were going to talk about sheep because I wanted to get a dig in there at some point, you know. Before we move on to sheep, can I just jump in? So Guildford, for our American listeners, is, is, a, is a small town between <laughs> London and uh, Edinburgh. And uh, Wales, <laughs> for our American listeners, is a small country between London and Edinburgh. <laughs> uh, Guildford's not between London and Edinburgh. The, no, no, Guildford is south. Okay, it's it's, it's south of London. To Liverpool and Edinburgh. It's south of London, and it's not in Kent. It's in it's Surrey. Between, it's between it's between it's between, it's between London and France. <laughs> <laughs> and Wales is between <laughs> London and Ireland. You know, but it's all wrong. Having lived in America for the longest time, you have to explain it in simple to understand terms. Stay right? London. Stay London. So Guildford is that little town in the Christmas movie where they swap houses. Yes. That's now everybody in America, everybody in America listening to Good. this is going, oh, I get it. So Wales is where Tom Jones comes from. But that now, see, now you've started me off. Wales is where Tom Jones comes from. And Shirley Bassey and yeah. Anthony Hopkins. Clarice. And Catherine Zeta-Jones. Catherine Zeta-Jones and, oh, Richard, Your dad Richard Burton. Yeah. Chances of anything coming from Mars. Stereophonics. Who's the, the most famous export from, from Wales? 
Who's the most who's the most famous export from Wales? Apart from the Meet Prince. Meet the Sheep. Bill? <laughs> Phil. <laughs> Phil Morgan. <laughs> it's got to be Tom Jones, isn't it? He's got to be I, the biggest. I think Tom Jones would be the best known. Yeah. Yes. Is that unusual uh, for it to be him? Oh, come oh. on. Oh. Come on. <laughs> Phil, where, whereabouts, whereabouts are you from in Wales? So I'm from 10 miles down the road from our Tom. And just to give everybody hope, there was a rugby club in Wales. And Tom Jones went there when he was young and they paid him off. They said, dude, stop. This is going nowhere. They said, here's your money. Go on, on your way. And they kicked him out. Now, he's, he's made a few bobs since then, guys. A few bob what? is an English term what? for making some money. He's <laughs> always been what? bitter about it, hasn't he? It's always, every song he sang is, is these, this freaking rugby club. Don't, don't let me anywhere near. <laughs> hey, guys. What? Don't let me kick me out. I was I a want, sex I bomb. I want to take you back to our previous point when I was saying about the, the whitelist and blacklist. Yeah. Like I said, I, I'm Welsh. And we went down a, a rabbit hole there. So... I will share a story with you that I have a friend of mine, um, he's a black guy, and I'm sitting down having a beer with him when I first came over here a few years ago. Uh, he, was, he was the builder of my, he was the foreman of the builder of the house that I bought in Florida. And I had a few problems and we got to know him so well in the end as he fixed all the problems. And I sat with him one day and, and I said, so what's it like then, Danny? You know, is America a better place to live today with, with no racism? And he turned to me and said, what are you talking about? I said, well, you know, we are in, in Kissimmee. Disneyland, there's no racism. He said, yeah, not here, Phil. But if you go 30 miles in any direction, mm. I could not be welcome. And he yeah. educated me in that conversation that I'm not saying America is bad. I'm not saying that at all. There are, in one of my courses, I, I did a quote from the Jedi Master. What's his name? Yoda, you know, the dark side, blah, 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 blah. And I summed it up with there are a-holes everywhere. And yeah. there are pockets of America where racism is alive and well. The bigger cities tend to be more open. And it's not just black people. It's Indians, Chinese, Asians, everybody. Mm -hmm. um, there's parts of America where, you know, if you're Welsh, you're not welcome. Sort of but, so in answer to that question, you asked earlier about the blacklist and the whitelist. It doesn't offend me. But if it offended my brother, my friend, my, my yeah. colleague, and he wanted it changed, I would say, okay, let's use a different name. Yep. Does that make sense? I think, yeah, I, think I, it's, it's, yeah. I think it's the context in which the, the color is used in a derogatory manner. And I think that's exactly what it means with the blacklist means bad and a yeah. whitelist means good, effectively. And, you know, let, let's be fair, it's semantics. To be, to be brutally honest, it is. If people, you know, want to change it, does it affect us? It doesn't. It doesn't affect us whatsoever. It seems crazy and it seems daft and so so what, right? But we don't need to make a song and dance about it. We well, just it, need to accept what well, it's changed to, you know, allow yeah, denial. Uh, so what? To be fair, you, you, can change, you can change one letter from blacklist to blocklist. Yeah. There you go. It's just one letter. Yeah. There you go. And, so, I lied. I have three points. Can I make one more point? You can. Yeah, that's it. Moving on. Because <laughs> your question is valid. One thing I didn't mention is that I was a minor and I told Alan this and I went on strike for a year. My dad was a, police, my dad was a policeman, right? So I, I've, seen, I've seen both sides of this because my, my dad was a policeman, a 30-year police veteran. Um, now, in America now, they have become 
very anti-police. And I have lots mm. of police friends who are really good people who have helped the community. Yeah. Okay? I, I have uh, one of my friend's daughters is dating a policeman. He's going through police college. He's a black guy. He's going through police college and he wants to serve his community. And I just happened to introduce him to one of my old friends. And he was overjoyed because my old friend is a, he's another 30-year veteran from nearby. And he gave him some tips about, you know, what to expect and what to do. And, and my friend, you know, when I said to him, I, I got someone who's trying to get into college, he didn't ask me what color he was. He said, that's awesome. Mm. Let me help him. Yeah. And there are really good people in America, but there are bad people in America. And I've completely forgotten what my point was. Where was I going with my third point? No, nope, it's gone. Oh, yes, I remember. So my dad is a policeman, and a lot of people in America now are, are anti-police. And they've decided that they're not happy about the number of TV shows that have police focus. Okay? Now, I see the point, but now they've decided to kill Paw Patrol, which is a program cartoon for kids. It is crap. It's terrible. Oh. Right. My point is, yes, okay, maybe, maybe there is too much television glorifying the police force, okay, but when you start taking pot shots at Paw Patrol, I want yeah. to step back and say, okay, enough. Enough. Come on now. To, to be fair, the, the problem with Paw Patrol is the fact that they are so incompetent that she's got a pet chicken which causes every single problem in the town. You know, <laughs> if anything, right, it doesn't say get rid of the police. Don't, don't, get, don't get rid of the emergency <laughs> services. Get rid of the sodding mayor who's doing a useless job. Get rid of the politicians. With a freaking chicken. <laughs> so guys, I'm finding there's a lot of Paw Patrol support in this group. Oh, yeah. we've got kids yeah, we've got we, kids we've i wouldn't say patrol support but it, it drives exactly. me to drinking um usually around <laughs> dinner time so i, I don't mind it <laughs> can you all sing the kiddie tunes can you sing the kiddie tunes patrol paw patrol paw patrol make my gin a tub double not so much drinking going on guys this has got to be the soberest wireless podcast ever right I don't know. I've, no, we're, I'm, we're, I'm we're drinking. Of a big of I'm, I'm, I'm seven cans of uh, brew dog in, in. To be fair. All oh, right, respect. Yeah. To be fair, what's really funny, right? It's because we started a bit late and we wanted to be professional for when you come in. We actually didn't do our proper intro where we asked what everyone was drinking. So we decided to kind of like. Well, actually, it's probably Dan's fault. He forgot, but we won't go there and mention it. Okay. <laughs> I didn't forget. We were talking about the hats. Well, Maybe vodka, got... may not. Yes, he's got a stein full of vodka. Legend. <laughs> it's 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 like one o'clock at two o'clock over there. Lad, um, he's halfway yeah. through it as well. He's five hundred mils in. What's that? That's the Welsh fear. <laughs> I might just start leaning over. <laughs> I'm on. Oh. I'm on Thatcher's haze. So shock, horror, apples, cider, southwest. Are oh, you a cider drinker? Oh yeah. I've got to be. I live in I live in Somerset. <laughs> so we have um over here in uh where I am now, I'll have to fly in 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 <laughs> East Wales. No West Wales, sorry. Very, very West Wales, like five thousand miles West Wales. We have um we have uh we have a oh, sorry, Phil. Sorry, no. Phil. <laughs> sorry. I don't want to do that. I've just seen someone to park me bike. <laughs> I, oh, I, 
Uh, for those of you listening in, <laughs> Ryan just got up out of his seat and walked off with his ass hanging out. <laughs> Cheers, Ryan. We didn't Thanks want to see that. that smile, did we? So this is Sorry where about that. this is where one comes in, and you know that's no moon. <laughs> that was an eclipse. He's back. So I missed something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your ass. Your ass. <laughs> <laughs> you got up. Yeah, you got up. You got up and walked. My wife always takes a, takes a piss out of me because I've got like an unusually high bum track, so no matter what pair of jeans I wear, my ass is always out. And I can be just like, you know, in an airplane putting my stuff on. <laughs> and and unusually high bum track. <laughs> Yeah, it goes on Guys, I'm looking at my, my astrology sign for today. It says Uranus will be prominent in the sky tonight. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the, the casters on my seat rolled over the bottom of my, my trousers when I stood up. The court and I got my pants down. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then I, I, said, I, I slipped and it, and, it, and it entered me. And I, it was nothing to do oh. with me, officer. Excuse me. It entered you? Hello? No, this is the time and place. We only went man. to get another beer. <laughs> uh, <God>. This is <laughs> much worse than what we were talking about, guys, right? Yeah. Oh, it, it gets interesting. Now we've kind of yeah, well now we're warming up and we're talking stuff, but we're gonna um we're gonna move it on, aren't we, Dan? We're gonna um yeah. talk well, about something still, that's been drinks. going on recently. We're still doing drinks. Uh, yeah, this will do shots. How are we? Yeah, we're still in the intro. We're well, what, it's, only, it's only me and Phil. It's only me and Phil that have told <laughs> told you what we're drinking. Oh, I'm right. drinking drinking brew dogs. Drink... You're seven cans in. No, no, I'm not. I'm drinking. I'm drinking Ugh. Boss Boss Brewing Black Stout. That's what I'm drinking. Nice. Oh, Stout's oh, good. Oh. It's 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 a good. It's topical and it's tasty. So that's what Ooh, I'm drinking. I'll tell you what. Uh, Brains Dark is. Beautiful stout beer, and if you go to Cardiff on St David's Day, there's um, obviously because the Brains Brewery is right in Cardiff. They they were doing it um, uh, when I went up there. I think it was two years ago. They were doing a pint for a quid. Oh, that got messy quick. It was good though. Three pounds spent. <laughs> Three quid. <laughs> Love it. So I, I've, I've since since starting, I've had a, a rum and coke, um, a bottle of Moretti, and now uh, I'm about to open a bottle of Cobra. Two for four pound at the co-op. These big nice. bottles. <laughs> so here's an interesting um, rabbit hole. Then, have any of you tried to brew your own beer or cider or anything? Oh, my yeast I... infection isn't as good as it was. So. <laughs> 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 to be fair, I reckon Dan bats and apples and carrots, so he probably has fresh brew every day. I would Dan ferments, he doesn't bathe, he ferments. <laughs> I would I would it's one of the things I really want to get into actually. There's um there's a guy at Bristol Uni, Mark, who um he he, he homebrews different ales and stuff like that, and he's got he's he's doing quite a few um like gluten free beers and oh, stuff Mark as well. Kelly. Um but I yeah, he I had a stout off of him and it was amazing. Really, really nice. Very good. Just, it's just us, lot. Uh, everyone's gone. They've all just they've just nipped off clearly for a week. Nothing here um, but us. Didn't chickens. want to hear about Dan's attempt to no. kind of brew his own beer, did they? No. 
No interest. I've not you, tried. Do you guys not know Mark Healy? To... Dan's friend. Oh, I don't know. I've been calling Eli. Him Eli. Is it is it my, Eli my, or Ellie? My about Eli. Just call, just call him. Just but just call him Mark. You don't pronounce oh, my surname when you talk to that's me. That's what he's known as. Yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> oh, I'm going to call you. I'm going to address you formally as if I'm delivering your mail. Ryan Dodds. <laughs> Here he is. Where'd you go, Phil? Pop that for a smoke. Go and see a man about a dog. Oh. Really? Oh, actually, we've got dogs. What dog did you go and see? I have a German Shepherd. Nice. Oh, really? Strong dog. Yeah. How does it cope with the heat? AC, right? Uh, I'd say this is the thing. So, Max? obviously, more, countries like America and things where you it does get hotter, most yeah. places do have air conditioning everywhere, don't they? Could have called him something like deadly, like Razor or, um, you know. Well, Max is his friendly name, you know. The thing, that I, found crazy, the thing that I found crazy about America when I went there is that is that they yes. air condition like outside. Oh, so he's a he's a BFA. What's that? He's a large Alsatian. He is bad. He's big. Yeah, he's fucking Alsatian. We can swear on this. We can swear on this. We've got parental big, advisory he's stickers. A big flipping Alsatian. Right. Okay. One hundred and twenty pounds. What's that in kilos? Oh. Or stone. Mm. In stone, 14 pounds. So, but. It's a, sto eight, it's a stone, eight, isn't it? Eight nine stone. Yeah. Fair play. So he's a, he's a bit of a chunk. He's as heavy as. He's as heavy How as many down. pounds did you say? <laughs> and, well, as he's heavy as half of me. We had to put him in a diet, so now he's about 105, I think. So he's 47 he kilos. Does he does he attack? No, Scooby Doo. Uh, right, like just like what solving mysteries, murder mysteries and <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 He's, I think he's Christian's your he only one here without a He's big and black, and you know when you walk down the street, people avoid him because he's just big and black. You can't say that bit. shit on this program, dude. What's the <laughs> matter with you, Phil? We've just, after the loop we've just been through. Oh my he, god, he's such a white list, black list. I mean, we're yeah, gonna have to. He's, he's a he's know. a large, dark yeah. head German Shepherd. Fair game. <laughs> you can't say that. The Germans will be. <laughs> <laughs> Germans sorry. will get offended on this program. No, 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 for no, God's sake, we haven't left fine doing... properly yet. Insult Germans and French people. It's always been that way in England, isn't it? But French people, especially. <laughs> for yeah. the moment, for the moment, until French lives and German me lives matter, then it's a different story. You guys, you guys have left Europe now, so do you care anymore? I don't give a fuck about. Oh, we oh okay, right, okay. We're, We're still in Europe, don't we? Mm. I don't know. Phil, don't calm know down your trigger, it. Ryan. I am so. Anyway. So I, I, I'm going to go on a topic now that we will completely lose everybody from, you, except it's, for if it's, a, you know, if it's a anything huge... to do with band C, I'm, I'm, we're going to get really angry. <laughs> so, so I, I am not a Europhile. I, I don't see the point of Europe. I, I never liked Europe. I like we never had open borders, right? I like going to Europe and having open borders. But the only thing about the European Union that I liked was the Eurovision Song Contest. I got all my hands up, guys. <laughs> I am such a Eurovision song god. Every year, every year, me and my friends, we the country, cook food from the country, get beers from that country, 
and sit down and listen to the Eurovision Song Contest. I love that. Okay, Phil, thanks for coming. We appreciate you being on our show. Okay, um, we wish you a safe journey home. But <laughs> the best the we best won this thing year. About... We won. We won this year, didn't we? We were rerun from like 1967, well, I, but we won. I haven't, I haven't watched it for like 15 years. Right? We, we don't get that over here on like uh, HBO. Do you not? No. The, the, we, best, we... the best thing, the best thing about Eurovision used to be just Terry Wogan getting absolutely oh, yes. hammered. He'd yes. get bladdered, wouldn't he? He'd just be so saying I, whatever. I it's so good. So now I he's dead. It's absolutely Terry Wogan, right? So when I say I love Eurovision, uh, I mean with Terry Wogan doing commentary. Yeah, I, I must admit, as a kid growing up, I'll admit to this, okay? Big fan. As a kid growing up, until I reached puberty, then it all changed, all right? You reached puberty then? Was that because your balls dropped? You couldn't sing anymore? <laughs> 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 yeah pretty much um so uh where was i, I lost that train of thought <laughs> so now you only liked the revision when you were young yes it was a big thing and then he, and then he started thinking younger. about balls <laughs> he got sidetracked <laughs> i started thinking about hang on a minute my voice has gone deeper <laughs> anyway but uh I don't have a clue what I'm talking about anymore. I'm drinking. You used to like Eurovision, Alan, is what you're going to say. Okay, it's shit. so I don't watch it anymore. <laughs> what? It's a great opportunity to drink. What was that? What? It's a great opportunity to drink. It is, yeah. No, it, it, is. it is, but so is any day. <laughs> we don't need a contest. We just... <laughs> Should great. we talk about Wi-Fi? Have we got anything on yeah, the list well, to talk I, about? I wanted to, I wanted to ask a question about um, the conferences. Obviously, the um, WLPC survey came out today for EU. Uh, did Did anyone get that? Yeah. Yes. I didn't yep. get it. Got it. Yeah. I, I just, you didn't I get it right. It. No, I assume it's because Keith hates me. We We did specifically <laughs> ask for you not to receive it. Hmm? Have you ever been to WLPC, Ryan? No, but I'm <laughs> looking to go. No, I've never been, I and bet, I got it. But, I got it three Keith, times. <laughs> Keith can't oh, just you like... Must, you must have got his invite then. I am I am looking to go, so I, I have maybe a 10-talk and a, um, a deep-dive session prepared. Have you have you told someone? Well, I'm not going to tell you because someone will steal it. No, no. Have you have you told someone that you want to do that, or oh, have yeah, you just decided Keith. it? You just decided no, no, in your head and thought. No, <laughs> I, no, I told Keith. Right, right. Well, I don't on, want to upset us... you, but obviously it was a terrible idea that you've come up with. <laughs> the fact that they've gone out of the way to remove you from a mailing list has probably got thousands of people on. All right, Ryan does not get to say he's not doing a deep dive. He's not going to attend talk. No if we just don't tell him his song, we cannot understand him. <laughs> I tell you what, that will be that will be pretty funny standing there doing a, a ten talk and nobody has a clue what I'm talking about. Be brilliant. But it's going to be in look... Europe. You'll be okay, right? If it's in America, we're putting you a translator. They, they, dude, they get dude, I, need... I can't understand what you're saying, dude, Phil. I need a translator as soon as I get past Birmingham, man. <laughs> they'll, they'll be doing they'll be doing you you like a deep dive assessment and going oh, I thought the answer were I there's no way I balls isn't my strong point. Let's ask the question here, right? So that, so for those of us that did get the comp, the, the uh, <laughs> survey about the conference going on, so the gist of it was WLPC under the current conditions and the climate are planning on proceeding 
right? So they've asked us, do we want to go? Would we go? Um, you know, where would we want to go? That kind of thing. So I guess the question is, first and foremost, if something was hosted in October, would A, first of all, would we want to go to a foreign country, get on an airplane and go? B, what would that conference be like? Because there may not be the massive uptake that there's been previous years. There may well be a massive, whatever, you know, for obvious reasons, people yeah. just won't take the risk and everything else. And and thirdly as well, there could be the question that's put in there that said, well, why doesn't, you know, for the sake of 2020, do what everyone's doing and just host a online virtual conference virtual and have it <clears throat> under the WLPC, which is what, um, it's happened recently with Wi-Fi Design Day that Echohow run, and also yep. with Mist, Mist. Bootcamps and Aruba are currently doing one right now as well. Cisco so, doing it next week or week after, I think, as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but you know, again, it's a personal choice, but I can understand that I love the conference. I think it's brilliant. I enjoy going there. But, you know, we can also talk about whether it's worthwhile setting it up, but I think that's up to the decision for someone like, you know, Keith Parsons to, to decide. Wi-Fi now is also... Recently, I don't know if you've seen, they've kind of put up some correspondence to confirm that they are going ahead in October. That's October, with isn't it? Yeah. A live conference. Yeah. You've also got CWMP's um, WTF conference. For those of you who don't know what WTF stands for, <laughs> nor do we. <laughs> Why they use that acronym, it's just stupid. But it's, was it uh, because it, it was WFT last year and everyone was just getting it wrong? It's Wireless Technology Forum, is what it means, yeah. but it's also doubles up as something else which is kind of i don't know self-defeating but it's just it's just silly but anyway they've decided to run with that but they are still proceeding and going ahead potentially with a late december early october venue in in las vegas so a lot of it all kind of ties around where governments are with their kind of guidance and restrict travel restrictions on how they apply them dependent on how i guess you know people decide that they want to go and a lot of this is going to be last minute and it's difficult to kind of ask anybody now to make a decision to say, yes, I'm committed to go. Personally, me, I am. I'm going regardless because at the end of the day, I've always, I've said this openly already that I'm not going to hide away from a, from a condition or a virus that I can potentially recover from. Now, Is that how you treated your, your, your life when you were single? No. Because when yes. I was single, I was <laughs> like, if, if, if I'm going to enter anywhere, I, I want a chance that I'm not going to get a disease or a virus. Okay? And if, if, if you can guarantee me that, I am game. I'm I'm in. But if if not, sorry, I'm gonna stay away. Maybe that's what I'm we not need. Sleeping in your bed. <laughs> Maybe that's what we need. Conference condoms. We all just walk around in. What like those big arms that you can? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to wear them from the moment you get the plane. It's not when you get to the conference though. You haven't thought this through, Dan. <laughs> but but do you understand what I'm saying? It's it's it's. There's a lot of it. A lot of things are kind of moving on because they have to get back to normal as much as they can. Now the question is. A, would you go, do you think that conferences should become live again in attendance rather than the online virtual instance? Because I guess that's two questions. So the first question is yes to conferences being live again and how do we get around attending and some of the you know the concerns that we have? And B, what is our opinion recently of the virtual conferences that have been hosted, such as Mists, Bootcamp, you know, Wi-Fi design day, how do we think those went? So let's start with the first one and then let's talk about the second one. And I'm going to open another beer. What What was the first one? Would you go back? <laughs> yes, we would all, we'd all go back to a conference. No one's going to say no to that, are they? Well, I think if there would safety, be people if, that would say no. 
No, if, if it's safe to, to do it, so, yeah. and and you're happy going, and you know it's safe for you to go, then who wouldn't? If oh no, not, no. I think I think we were saying in the context of say like October yeah. this year, would you would you go back? Would you go to, to that? To be fair, the week after, I am planning on flying to Thailand for two and a half weeks. Oh, you got some ladyboy action, have you? No, I'm bringing you with us. <laughs> you do what? It says I'll take Alan with me. <laughs> I'm game. Yo, what? You go first. I mean, pers- personally, something <laughs> like, you know, Wi-Fi now in, in October, you know, as things stand at the moment, yes. Yes, I would I would go. If they said to me, you know, put your name down if, if you'd be keen to go, probably not Wi-Fi now, but yeah, you know, I'll, I'll do it. So, guys, ah. to go to Prague, if you ask me, the answer is yes. Yeah, I'll come. But now I've got to think about what's going on in the world, right? At the moment in the US, if you sit on a flight, you have to wear a mask for the entire journey. So that means I've got to wear a mask for 14 hours. You'd do everyone a favour, Phil. (laughs) 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 I think that's just you, Phil. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So do I have to have 14 days? Do I have to go to self-isolate for 14 days after I come back from Prague will be a very important question. So let me turn the conversation around if I can. Are things opening up in England now? Yeah, starting to. Yeah. Well, they are from here Monday. They are in Vegas as well, right? Yeah. From Monday, everything but hairdressers. Open up. Yeah, and I, I think that's my point, is that you, what are we now? Like Second week of June? I think by the time we get to you know, September, October, you know, you'd like to think, exactly, yeah, you'd like to think, for instance, all the schools should be back by September, you know, all that type of stuff, you know, but barring something horrendous happening, it, you know, it looks like we're moving that way, so, you know, for for WLPC, I mean, when's that scheduled to to go ahead? Um, 12th. 13th round about then of October yeah. but let me ask you the question would you book your flights now if the conference was committed to booking the accommodation and saying it's on would you commit to traveling yeah as long as I had travel insurance I, have you have you seen the pl- price of the flights I, I, I was supposed to be going away at the back end of uh, August right and when I first started looking at the prices for four of us to fly to south of France and back we're about 600 quid every day I get a message from Google it's dropped by about 30 quid it's just less than two hundred pound for all four of us now. Yeah, you know, if, if flights that cheap, nobody's flying. If flights are that cheap, yeah, I'd book them. You, you haven't got a lot to lose, have you? A couple of so hundred quid, nothing. One of the issues you're going to have, or at least I think we might have, if it continues to go on, is the self-isolation policy. So people will book the time off, or work will give them the time off to go and do the conference. But then if they've got to self-isolate for fourteen days when they come home. That, that poses a problem. Now, for me, that's well, not too much of a problem because I work from home anyway, but exactly. <laughs> if, it, if it came... Well, the problem I've got, personally, is with me flying the week after, I wouldn't be able to fly. I would have to self-isolate for those 14 days. You so wouldn't be able to fly because you, just, the you just pay the £100 fine. You just pay the £100 fine. You've got to play it. And <clears> if you don't get caught. But I'm a law-abiding <laughs> citizen who doesn't live at 555 Willie Bin Drive. <laughs> right, but I think, but, but, I think that's what I mean. Point. That that's that's the, that's the, the yeah, conditions now. Whereas in four months' time, you know, if things are moving forward at the rate they are, 
that 14 day isolation won't won't be in effect. No, that's true. That's what I'm saying. If it is still in effect, then that is going to cause the biggest problem. But but Alan said we're missing the point. I think we're just talking about semantics a bit here. But you know, today I would not commit to going to October, going to uh, Prague in October. I'd say I I will try to go. Not a chance I'm going to commit to it. Because if you look worldwide, the the cases are rising everywhere. Worldwide, they're rising. In in countries like the UK, they're reducing. uh, In America, I think they're going the opposite way. It's, it's, It's too soon to commit to anything. But I would be looking to go. I think the problem you're going to have is you don't know. First off, no one. I guess you commit to a country. You don't know what the guidelines are there, what the restrictions are that they're going to impose, first and foremost, right? So that's difficulty number one. Second yep. one is you don't know if the social distancing rules are going to still apply, potentially, whether that's going to be two metres or one metres. And if that's still applied anywhere, it kills the conference. Dead. Because yep. how do you interact and socialise? You don't. At the end of the day, people you know, won't want to kind of go to a conference where they have to sit a metre apart. They won't want to kind of congregate in the kind of, I don't know, communal area where there's food and drink being served and stand a metre apart, it just kills it dead. And if that's going to be the way social distance is in whatever country that's been applied, when you go out for a meal, it's like, sorry, we're full, or sorry, we can't accommodate a group, big group of you. It's going to change the whole dynamics of what something like the WLPC is about, which is, you know, the camaraderie, the friendship, the banter. And that's, you know, a lot of people go there for that because they can watch the recordings of all the technical content that's been presented. So... We need to know where countries are with their guidelines and their, you know, rules and regulations regarding this pandemic. And also the other thing you've got to understand as well is that at the moment, no one has yet kind of, you know, taken everyone off the leash and said, right, go out there and open everything up and let's see what happens. We haven't had the repercussions of opening everything up. There might be a second wave. There might be that kind of impact. So no one really knows that yet. So it's a little bit premature. But it is. Know. But if you can, if you can, for instance, I would have thought a hotel would prefer to have. We're hoping to put on this conference. We're hoping to bring over two hundred people, one hundred and fifty people. If we book it now, if for whatever reason we can't do that because there's some restrictions in place, that whatever, whatever. whatever you know, we, we'd like to have our money back. I can't see that a hotel wouldn't agree to those terms. But what, what's, what's the point? Why in this climate. Yeah. This is, this is the thing I don't get. Everyone seems to be trying to press ahead with the conferences. And it's good marketing and stuff like that, but all the virtual ones have been, have been absolute rubbish. And, you know, there's good content, but you're kind of distracted by the fact that they're sat in the bedroom with a cat running around or the kids running around. <laughs> and, they, you know, some of these guys who, like... Are, are, Uber techies, you know, there's no Wi-Fi inside out, and they've, they've got like the worst internet connection in the world, and they're sat there and they're all pixelated. And you know, why would I want to sit in my house and look at something like that when I can just go on YouTube and watch high-quality videos from years before? Do you know what? I disagree with you. I actually like this this online um, content that has been provided. So Wi-Fi design there. You know, Aruba missed because I think that I didn't get, I wouldn't have got an opportunity to see them for what I they really are. enjoyed I, the missed stuff. I appreciate that it's the, it's all about the delivery. Let's be honest. How often, you know, do they test their Wi-Fi connection or their, their wired connection? Let's be honest. If 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 your Wi-Fi shit, plug it in for fuck's sake, right? Is what yeah. I would say. Sorry, did I just swear? 
But you understand, right? The point being is that if you've got Wi-Fi issues, Mac from the Wi-Fi Ninjas, plug in for God's sake was, and eliminate that, those problems. Yeah, that was because he had a crappy piece, Windows PC. He's got a Mac now, so he'll be fine. No, he probably still have the same issues, so he needs to <laughs> wire in. I think I don't believe it's Windows box, but anyway. But, but the point but, I'm trying to the, make is that go on. But the point I'm trying to make is realistically that um, the content delivery has opened up things that I might not have had the privilege to attend these conferences because they they cost a lot. Whereas nowadays, at the minute, they're free. They're on, you know, literally in my office, in my living room, wherever. And I have that f kind of flexibility but, and that freedom but, to literally dive in and out. And, and don't get me wrong, you know, it's up to me to um, apply that attention span to the conference. But I like the fact that when you're in a conference and you're live and it's dull, it's not really what you thought it would be. When you get up and walk out, you feel, a, you know, a bit embarrassed and you think to yourself, oh, I don't really want to be the guy that gets up and walks out. I want, you know, you sit through it and you persevere. Whereas... If you're not interested in a presentation, you can literally just, I don't know, just walk away well, and get who, coffee, who? have a cup of tea or whatever it is, all right? And isn't that a good thing that you can actually yeah, be that flexible? I, 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 I like the idea. I don't like the mechanism of delivery. And I don't understand who decided that all these conferences have to be live. You know, all we're interested about is learning new things, learning interesting things, you know, being hooked to the screen. I don't give a tosh if it's live or not. And the fact that it's live is sort of devalued it a lot for me because well, wait for the, the recording then you ask okay you don't yeah, have to no, be because there, the, the, it's, for God's it's a, sake, it's you know a recording I mean? of a live video that's been live streamed and no, somebody so is recording Zoom. Well, I, like I, think, I, I think the miss I think the miss I think the missed one was done really well I think there was a lot of well, good apart content. from bingo it was shit <laughs> because <laughs> that's just because Americans don't understand bingo <laughs> house <laughs> house oh we got it Oh, let's check it. No. Three, seven, two. Uh, no. Oh, we got another one. Five, eight, four. No. Do you not know I, how I to play bingo? Okay, 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 okay. So let's explain this. You need a completed line. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Someone, someone said they've got one. Let's have a look. Not a freaking completed line, is it, dickhead? Oh, <laughs> one of the one of the big problems I've had with the with the ones that I've been on is it seems to have switched the focus from the speaker delivering the content to a powerpoint presentation and i, I kind of got the feeling wi-fi designed here that you know because someone's in a little box in the top corner they're not trying to deliver they're not trying to talk they're not trying to teach you they're just referring you to a crappy little powerpoint presentation and and when you're watching a conference in real life it's flipped you don't look at the bit in the background that's just you know oh what's he talking about again? oh yeah i get that now you, you look at the person talking and that's that's yeah. my big problem it's it, the delivery yeah. mechanism of it is it's completely wrong for me i i, well, I, I can't pay I attention agree. to it i just get bored i agree now phil a good one for you you're you're you present you do online training what do you kind of think you know to counteract what could be done to improve the way you know it's delivered and the content is of good quality and it's not distracted with background noise or the focus isn't on the, the trainer, or it's not just a PowerPoint slide. What can be done from both the presenter and also from the audience participation? So it depends. I don't think you can please all the people all the time. And just listening to you four guys chatting about this, there are, there are different opinions. So I've been doing training for webinar video training for like 10 years or so. <laughs> um, and what I found is, I was on a class once, and one guy says, hey, can we turn our cameras on? Because he wanted the video cameras on. Because I tend to let people choose. If they, I show my video camera, I let them choose. 
And I've had great classes where no one's had a video camera. I'm attending a, a Cisco train the trainer this week. Only the presenter has his video on. Now, a lot of people get hung up on this and they, and they think you have to have a video on. As a presenter, mm. seeing you guys, yeah, I can get feedback from you. So if I'm explaining the concept of how wireless interacts with a Python script and you're sat there like this, I know that it's not getting through. That's the real, the real time feedback yeah. from, from the people in the room, right? But, you know, I've done classes where <laughs> a guy interacted like and decided that I was four to five <laughs> in my presentation skills. And I had a guy who didn't speak to me once. Is, is, sorry, my mic's not working. And he typed every now and again. I asked him a question. He typed the answer. Who said it's the best class he's ever been on. So you can't please all the people all the time. And some of you were praising the mist. And I think mist in general, everybody thinks it was a good time. But I'm sure there's someone out there that, that has a problem with it. Cisco Live next week. There could be 20, there's 25,000 people that go to Cisco Live. There could be thousands of people attending the Cisco Live next week. They could double or triple the attendance. And I'm sure that you're going to get loads of people complaining about something. People don't say, hey, that was really good. But they do say that was really bad. I, so, I do, I Phil, do, that, I do that, wonder was, that was really good, that response. Thanks. <laughs> I, do, I, do, I do wonder if it would be good to, you know, for a conference, especially something like a Cisco or a Mist, like why not get all your employees, fly them to a studio? You know, they can stay socially distant. You can present it live. You can have feedback from people typing things in, stuff like that but it's presented like it would be presented live rather than, you know, head headshot of someone in front of a, in front of a thing. Um, yeah, it was pretty impressive how I did the bell as I was talking. That's, uh, that's <laughs> right. Uh, just so you, you are a bell that's talking. <laughs> <laughs> that was the end of the bell, the bell end. That was Good talking. One. Yeah, cheers. Yeah. <laughs> you went there. You set yourself up ten, for that ten one. Ten episodes. Dan. Episode number ten and we've 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 made that joke. <laughs> to be um, fair though, we've made it ten episodes and we haven't been ordered to stop recording. To be fair, we've we've done about fourteen episodes and four of them haven't <laughs> <laughs> We've been like, Yeah, we we, we, we shouldn't we shouldn't put that one out. <laughs> but we've changed the direction now. We've decided to up the technical kind of calibre. By inviting people like you on, Phil, because and, and then just talk about anything technical. Brewing, guys, brewing is very important in the world today. Come the zombie apocalypse yeah. when you can't buy beer from anybody else, got to make your own. Exactly. Damn right. Damn right. Exactly. I'm, 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 I'm protecting. I'm protecting <laughs> Brewdog Brewery. Yeah. That's where I'm going. I'm going up Scotland, and I'm shotgun. I'm going to take a tank up there and I'm going to protect them. Screw your Somerset cider. Thatch, Thatcher's is up the road, mate. I'm, I'm already, I'm right next to him. <laughs> you got to step factory outlet and get some dirt cheap. That's why he lives next door. That and cheddar cheese. If you look at, if you look at Dan's free fridge, it's just cheese and cider. <laughs> Shiny house nerfed to pup. Ooh, I had a really nice coast to Rhone earlier. Lovely. What? Mm. what? Where do you Beauty. find this shit? <laughs> it's called a supermarket, Ryan. And then what you do is you go to the wine aisle, and then you and then you head down to the end where the red wine is. And you normally go to like 
the French bit or the Italian bit or the Spanish bit because that's I, what I, I look at how many digits are before the decimal place. And if it's less than <laughs> less than one, like seventy five p a bottle, I mean, otherwise I'm looking for There's nothing I like better than coming home from work and opening a nice box of wine, guys. Yes, a box of wine. This guy knows box how to do wine. it. Oh my god, <laughs> that's hardcore. Screw that's a hardcore. bottle. I'm drinking from the box. <laughs> Love it. Yes, thank you for coming, Phil. My pleasure, guys. Thank you for having me. Can I get a lift back with you to San Francisco, Phil? Yes, but you may have to stay in isolation in my wine cellar for 14 days. Shame. Oh, that's a shame. Or oh, if you want, you can. You can come live in uh, my cellar. <laughs> <laughs>